Baseball family, this week we're going to talk about next year's Hall of Fame ballot feather ruffling, the Cards and Cubs scuffling, and trade deadline shuffling right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I got the Brad Master here with me, and uh, it's very exciting because I'm here, which is also very yes, exciting. Yes, that's the exciting part, you, Brad. I'm doing well. How are you besides being exhausted? I'm exhausted. But you know what's more important than being exhausted? <laughs> what's that? Being engaged. And yeah, that yeah. Is, that is what we around here like to call bangerang. <laughs> no, it's great. Bangerang uh, brig. Bangerang brig. brig. <laughs> I've been having a, a lot of fun. I've been on a trip. I've been doing things that move life forward in all the most positive ways. And, you know, it's been glorious. Honestly, very hard, very tiring, and very excited. Very excited. Yes, King in the Castle. I have a chair. Okay, the end. <laughs> All, right. All right. Can't believe I did that on the show. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, enough about me. Let's get to baseball. We have a lot going on in current events, and we are going to get to all of the trade deadline things that you want to talk about and you want to hear about at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. First, though, as I said earlier. We have got to talk about next year's Hall of Fame ballot. And there are a number of names returning to the um, Hall of Fame eligibility list. And then there's a bunch of names that are their first time on the ballot. That's the first opportunity. It's a long list. list. First timers. Yeah. There are um, 14 who have been on the ballot before. And then the list goes from 15 to 37 uh, for you actuaries out there. That's got to be 22. So 23 because 15 is counted on there. Yeah, you're right. Okay. 23. Don't call that comptroller on me. Here we go. And that's why, that's why we go to the action. That's why we refer to the actuaries on this break. Exactly. Cause I don't do the maths. (laughs) All right. I just don't do them. Um, Let's go over the, the, candidates hall of fame candidates that are going to be uh re-eligible eligible again returning we start with todd helton and the reason we start with todd helton it's his sixth year on the ballot but he received he has received 72.2 percent of votes on last year's ballot so just missed it and i think he'll get it next year i think he gets in i'm just gonna say pretty good chance that we see todd helton in the hall the rest of the remaining, and I won't list off their percentages, but you can figure it out yourself. Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, Carlos Beltran, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, Omar Vizquel, Andy Pettit, Bobby Abreu, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Barul, Francisco, or Burley. Sorry. Wow. I'm tired. I know who that is. <laughs> I promise. Have you reached the point, Brig, where you can call yourself exhausted? Or you're too tired to give a crap. (laughs) I hit exhausted days ago. Okay. (laughs) There you go. But I was very what what is exhausted when you're also joyful and triumphant? (laughs) It only happens it only happens at Christmas because Christmas is joyful and triumphant. And when you have children like we do, 
you become exhausted very quickly. And this yeah. would be the other time in my life where I've genuinely had that combination going. I'll so, yes. noodle on that and I'll have something for you later. That would be great. All right. Uh, Francisco Rodriguez. That's fun to say. And Tori Hunter are the remain are the other returning names on the list. Gary Sheffield. This is his 10th time on the ballot. That's relevant. Billy Wagner ninth. Couple of interesting ones. Alex Rodriguez still has what seven remaining opportunities. Is this is his third year on the ballot? Andy Pettit has this is his sixth time, etc. Okay, first timers on the Hall of Fame. First of all, Brad, who do you think on that list gonna get in no matter what? Who not gonna get in this year? This next class. Um, I'm gonna say Todd Helton gets in. If Andrew Jones doesn't get in this time, he'll get in the next year. He's going to get in eventually, I think. Um, I think that's really it. There is somebody who's a first-timer who could have an impact on a couple of go- those guys on this list, and we'll get there. Yeah, I think in just a I agreed. Yeah, I, I agree with every everything you said. Um, I'd love to see Andrew Jones make it. I think it's a no-brainer. He deserves it more than just about anybody else on that list, I think. Yeah, like I'm, I've been, I've been tooting the Todd Helton whistle all like for years. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like Andrew Jones is more deserving than him. Even I'm shocked. He I'm hasn't really, gotten in yet. Really excited for Andrew Jones. Okay. Here are the first, first timers, first name or first, first ballot guys. Okay. Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, Chase Utley, David Wright, Big Sexy, Bartolo Colon, Matt Holiday. Maybe he'll touch home plate on his way. There it was. Adrian <laughs> Gonzalez, Jose, Joey Bats, Jose Bautista, Jose Reyes, Reyes. There's exhausted. Victor Martinez, James Shields, Brandon Phillips, Denard Span, Chase Headley. Oh, interesting. Giovanni uh, Gallardo, Doug Fister. Brad Ziegler, Ryan Madsen, Phil Hughes, Brandon Morrow, Chris Tillman, Jim Johnson, and Santiago Casilla. Okay, Brad, who's the name that you think is going to be disruptive? Okay, so the disruptive guy is Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Fan favorite, big sexy, right? But he has two PED suspensions to his name. So... Based on so based on everything we've seen in the past with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Roger Clemens, so far with Alex Rodriguez and Manny and Ramirez Andy and Andy Pettit, Bartolo Colon cannot get voted in. But but he has rehabbed his image enough that I think he will. And because I think he will, Ooh. you know what that means is that A Rod's getting in. Um Manny for sure is getting in if that happens. For sure, if that happens, Andy Pettit will get in. Like we could see a really big class because there's going to be a shift in the age and the mindset of the voters because guys are going to be like, "Well, we have to let Bartolo Colon and he played for so long and did what he did for that long. Like he's got to get in, right?" So, and that, and I will say, if Bartolo Colon gets in, those other guys get in as well. But. I will not be surprised if Bartolo, Bartolo Colon does not get in because of two PED infractions, right? The problem is they are confirmed PED infractions. Right. 
they're not it's there's nothing ambiguous about it there's it's not speculative in any way there's right. no rumor mill with his name on a list somewhere some there's no tapeworm excuse nothing. to go with him nothing he owned no up no motorcycle him. accident an eczema problem or whatever no <laughs> no this is a legitimate these are legitimate problems in his yeah. career yep and a wonderful career it was and he is a fan and of a long one like and played. a really long one too he oh, did it forever man. Did, did it, it forever, ever, and, and so, did it yeah. with panache. <laughs> <laughs> right, like the world oh, was man. just ecstatic for him when he finally hit that homer. And oh and, my like word! Said, if he gets in, it's going to change the entire paradigm of the Hall of Fame, and there are going to be a bunch of guys getting in who yeah. were not in before. And when it comes to the Culture Club, you can see Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Roger Clemens, those guys getting in Sammy for Sosa, sure. With the Culture yeah, Club, for sure. The culture club might get those guys in anyway. In a right. Of years. Yeah, very well could. Very well could. So, end up getting those the, guys in. so, and that's the real question with the Hall of Fame here. What we have to discuss, and I think this goes without saying, but let's say it anyway. For the new, maybe it's the new fans that need to understand the dynamic here. But because there has been such a precedent set with these PED suspensions and even speculation around them having dabbled with anything related to performance enhancers, those people are that we've previously listed are not in the Hall of Fame. They have been shut out of all of the voting. There has to be one of two things that happen. There's only two ways to go. Either the mindset shifts, which Brad has talked about, and if so, it's going to hinge on one player, and Bartolo Colon could be that guy. That's what Brad is arguing. Or they, everyone will hold the line until some inevitable point where we go back to example one. Or the third example, the most extreme, I think, is that in some ultra purist and ultra traditionalist sort of homage to baseball and its history everybody just decides to give these guys and the PED thing the uh, Pete Rose treatment. And it's like, nope, you're done. It's over. Sorry. I feel like A-Rod got less votes this year. He got 35.7%. I can't remember what he got last year, but I feel like it was more than that, that he's gotten less votes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so where we thought that things were softening on these guys, it seems like there's been – Things are moving back towards the hard line again of, of no chance. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but that's what appears to be this year. So it's going to be interesting you... to watch. Okay, so now we've set the stage, Brad. How do you feel about that? About it going back? Are we? I mean, is this a regression culturally and as a sport and as a fan base? Is this where is this the, the right direction to hold the line or like what do you think honestly i think it is we've talked about this before that we don't i mean I, I don't think that guys who did steroids deserve to be sitting next to guys who don't you know like i understand that there were a lot of guys who did it back in the day and i know that there are some guys who snuck in from what i've heard That's right that rumor. it was like that there was it wasn't widely known that they used steroids but yeah. they did you know there's one and name so, in particular that really ruffles my feathers when we talk about this with that specific detail. Yeah, me too. Um, but 
but no, like I I don't think that they belong in there. And I think going backwards, I, I want to say going backwards, but like going back and holding the line on this and being like, no, they don't deserve to be in because they cheated. They cheated everybody else. They cheated the game. They cheated their opponents. They cheated their team. And they weren't a team player because they're obviously putting themselves before because it was like if they got caught, then the rest of the team is without one of their best players. Right. Right. Top contributing. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. And I think that you make a really good argument often, and I've heard this from other people, but you've articulated it really well when you say that it's it's all it's as much a museum and a historical record of baseball is the Hall of Fame as much mm-hmm. as it is anything else. But it's that's not its it, that's not its it's the museum itself is not its express purpose, right? It's so- not. All the ways. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say along those lines, though, is that like these guys are still there. It's not like they've been like. It's it's not like the 2003 Yankees won the World Series. Here's your roster. Oh, A Rod's missing from that list, right? It's not like that. No. Right. Like A Rod's in the Hall of Fame. Manny Ramirez. Yeah, Manny Ramirez is in the Hall of Fame, but they don't have plaques. The fact that they're there and you can see them, and but then like. I take my son to Cooperstown in you know, five years, whatever, whenever we get there. He's like, well, why doesn't this guy have a plaque? Let me tell you why this guy doesn't have a plaque. Mm-hmm. You still talk about it. You talk about the merits of cheating and everything like that. And I feel like, I feel like that presents a really valuable lesson for kids growing up playing the game. That like, yeah. they can learn from their mistakes. They're still there. They're still recognized for their accomplishment of winning a World Series or or setting some milestone, whatever. Like if A Rod had hit 80 home runs, Barry Bonds has hit what was I think I lose track all the time, like 76, 77 home runs. Like yeah. it's That's still recognized in the Hall of Fame, but he doesn't have yeah. a plaque because he was connected to steroid use, despite yeah. everything he said about it. Right. Baseball family, we want to know what you think, and maybe let's put this up on versus game, and and let's really get a get a hard hitting poll going. I think that would be really interesting on versus game, but we'll tell you about a little bit more about versus game in a minute. Let's move on. What happened <laughs> between the Cubs and the Cards on Thursday? Uh, the the first answer to that question, right off the top of my head, is it's rivalry game. <laughs> and why we're surprised is also part of the story. This is my thing with with this rivalry game, though, is it's not <laughs> like it's a Saturday in November and it's college football, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, these teams play each other so much throughout the year that, like, I understand that it gets a little bit more bitter as the season goes, and these teams have both been – I mean, I don't know about the Cubs, but the Cards have certainly been underachieving this year, so there's got to be a lot of frustration coming out of that dugout. Oh, but, yeah. man, like – I was just like, just freaking play the game, man. Like, <laughs> See, and so, I'm the opposite. Okay, let's I'm so like, let's get into that in just a minute. Let's <laughs> let's for those of you who don't know what happened, Ian Happ for the Cubs accidentally hit Wilson Contreras on his backswing, hit him in the head with his bat on his backswing. Wilson Contreras, former Cub, friends with Ian Happ, actually personal friends yeah. with him, so this is not something he would have done on purpose. Absolutely not despite him playing for a rivalry team, because these guys are more mature than that most of the time. Contreras left the game bloodied. His head was bleeding because of the bat and everything. And then Miles Michaelos, the pitcher for the cards, for very next pitch when they got, I think uh, I think Andrew Kisner got out there to catch. 
Uh, the very next pitch, he buzzed the tower, brushed hat back, and then he just kind of tossed a meatball and hit him in the butt. <laughs> and then the umpires came together. Hat took his base. And after the umpires came together, they said that was intentional. They ran him. Eventually, Ali Marmal came out and argued he was also ejected. Oh, and as a result, a direct result of this, of that ejection, for intentionally throwing out a batter, Michaelos was suspended for five games. Misses one start, right? Mm-hmm. And Marmal yeah. was suspended for one game. Cubs went on to win that game 10-3. to Cards had to dip into their bullpen early and often in that game, which caused some problems, I think, for the rest of the weekend. Brig, I want to know who you think. Who was wrong? Was anybody wrong? Was somebody wrong here? Should the umpires have warned Michaelos? Like, I think said the umpires. Brawl. I'd like to know there more. Should, yeah, there should always be a warning. I think that the immediate ejection thing—they get a little trigger happy on that. That's my opinion. Uh, give a guy a second chance, or let him, you know, let him back it off a little bit. Let's play the game. Be must be big kids, you know. But at the same time, he he did. If if you want to view the first pitch as buzzing the tower intentionally, that was intentional. It was very right, right. clearly intentional. That's what I'm saying. Like if you <laughs> if you're going to interpret it that way, and I don't know how you couldn't, but if you're going to interpret it that way, that's when the warning should have come. And then he beans him the next time after the warning run him out of there. That's okay. And everybody would be totally okay with it. There would be literally no argument whatsoever. It's the same when CC Sabathia did it. They're like, sorry, man. He just, he's like, I'm going to throw at this guy. You know, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to lose my bonus and everything. I'm just going to throw at this guy because <laughs> that's what you do. And it's part of the unwritten rules thing. Um, and if you're going to play that way, then there's going to be consequences, but the umpires have to be involved at that nuance level. And a warning I think is, is required they don't do it as often as they should so anyway that's part one of my opinion part two of my opinion is i i think that occasionally it's very immature when the bench is clear and the brawl gets started i think uh yeah not always occasionally i feel like yeah but not every (laughs) time is it totally immature or whatever in this case probably uncalled for Etc. However, I think that Ollie Marmol has been such a problem in St. Louis that those guys are just hopping and popping. And if if there's even one excuse to let out some aggression and it doesn't have to be infighting, they're going to take advantage of it. And in this situation, that's why I support the brawl. Because maybe after the brawl and with one game where that dude's not in charge for a couple of hours, then things start to turn around. I would like to see a shift in St. Louis in a positive direction. And if those two things help, then that's great. If it's against the Cubs and it's because of a rivalry and then we can all just write it off as a rivalry, that's even better. It doesn't matter. If it was a run-of-the-mill July game against an opponent that didn't have all that energy and emotion behind it with the fan bases – then I would be like, what are you fighting the Pirates for, man? This is stupid. But because it was <laughs> Cubs cards, you get, a, you get a pass from me, and it becomes more exciting, and it adds to the storyline. The end. You know, you might be you might be onto something there, Brig. Oh, no, they lost 3-2 to two on Friday. I was like, maybe they did win without Marmol, but they didn't. Oh, 
Dang, I don't know. I don't know if it was the next day that he was suspended, or if it was maybe Saturday. <laughs> they didn't win Saturday either, so. Oh no! I don't think they got swept. Did they? No, they won on Sunday. Okay, maybe it was Sunday that he wasn't there, and that's when they won. But this is my thing about this whole thing, <laughs> is that like, you're right. The umpire, the umpires, <laughs> umpires all the time are like, we have to have a feel of the game, but so often they don't. They don't have their pulse on what's going on, and they just are so oblivious to everything that's happening, right? Like, they'll talk about it before the game, like, hey, this was going on last time these two teams met. But, like, in the moment, though, they're so just, like, they're not they're not focusing on what's happening. That the, And maybe it was because everybody besides, apparently, Miles Michaelos thought that that was an unintentional act that hap- happened to hit Wilson Contreras, right? Yeah, that right. apparently Michaelos took a lot of offense to that, and that's why he threw at him. And the umpire's like, oh, that one just got away from him. There's no way he'd throw at this guy for an accident. Mm. Well, apparently he did, because then the very next pitch hit him. And, and they don't have to issue a warning. Like, you don't have to issue a warning to toss a guy out. But I think that if they had issued that warning, then you're right. It wouldn't be an issue. We wouldn't even be talking about it today. But because the umpires no. mismanaged the situation after the first wild pitch or the first pitch came at his head that's why we're talking about it that's why michael Ose got suspended and he was so pissed off about it and that's why marmal came out and argued and got got right. tossed exactly you know so yeah i th- i think you're right my initial thought was michael Ose is wrong but i think you're right the umpires are wrong for mismanaging the situation yeah that's that's what i because, think well and michael Ose has been in the c in the uh big leagues for like eight or so years and you know, he's almost reached his tenure point. So, like, the dude knows what's going on. It's not like he's unaware. I was, yeah. and I was wondering, I was like, for a moment there, I was like, is this a young guy who hasn't figured it out? No, it's not. Been around. <laughs> I wonder if there's, I wonder if, if Wayno kind of gave him the signal from the dugout, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you got to hit, like, why though? Yeah. Why? I, you know? I don't know. Something happened. It, it's odd. It's just the whole thing is just so odd to me. And I don't understand hitting a guy for unintentionally hitting somebody with the bat. No, that I don't understand either. Yeah, that that's the thing right. that bugs yeah. me about the whole thing is like he shouldn't have even thrown at him because it was not like he it's not like he like bashed his head in on purpose. But no. anyway, let us all right. Let's on. move on. Your weekly uh Shohei Otani greatness checkup uh, is is here. Okay. He is he's now, doing something else that's never been done before. <laughs> yeah, he's now the first player ever to throw a shutout in the first game of a doubleheader and then homer in the second game because super duh. <laughs> because, because of course he did. <laughs> so in the one he tossed a one-hitter in a 6-0 win in game 1. A one, it wasn't just a shutout. It was a one Yeah, one-hitter. It was a gem. I was watching that game. Oh. And and when they finally got the hit, I think it was like the sixth inning. The Tigers finally got a hit. I was like, "Well, shoot, there goes that." And I thought they were just gonna finally string some together. So then I kept watching, and it was like, "No, he got out of that." Then he never gave up anything ever again. It's like yeah. crazy, man. Uh, and then he went two for three with a homer in the in the next second game of the doubleheader. Um, and then he was lifted for a pinch hitter because it was a blowout, and nobody cared after that point. But he is once again the first player to do a thing ever in the history of all time. So, 
very cool Shohei Otani checkup. Um, really, yeah. really excited. Uh, did you talk about it last time that he, I think you did, he is not on the block. Yeah, I talked um, about that Thursday night on the live that he is no longer yeah. on the block. The Angels are going for it. We'll talk about that a little bit more later because it's really interesting what they're doing. Yeah, it really is. So. Okay, let's talk about weekend sweeps. The Royals swept the Twins. What? Okay, right? that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. That reaction was genuine. I did not know that. <laughs> I, I had to triple easy. check it. I triple checked that break to make sure that was accurate. And it is 100% accurate. The Royals swept the Twins this weekend. Oh, so. no. Okay. <laughs> the Hill Central the is a mess. It's a mess. Every once in a while, I'll look at the Central uh, and specifically at the Twins, and I'll be like, and sometimes the Cleveland's baseball team, but I'll be like, all right, Minnesota, you know, like, all right, they're pretty good. They're not bad or whatever, but they're like fighting hard for 500 still. And then they get canned by the Royals. <laughs> and then yep. I look at the Yankees who are in last place right now, <laughs> and they are mountains above 500 still and it makes no sense oh brig not mountains anymore have you checked their record recently uh i did they're only four games ago. over 500 now oh no after losing tonight okay okay it's creeping up on them stop it brad okay the braves <laughs> swept the brew crew i'm not 100 percent surprised by this one but a full sweep is also worth celebrating specifically against the team as good as the brew crew and given the playoff situation that's happening uh right that's my thing is i expected the braves to win this series but a but a sweep is what i don't want to say shocked but it surprised me i was surprised they would get all of them one game got it but right yeah especially that last one you're fighting to not get swept it happens a lot but Mm -hmm. in this case they weren't able to get it Listen, I tell people all the time, the Braves are the best team in baseball. Right. It's just, it's not even a question. It's just not. They're just incredible right now. And it's fabulous being a bandwagon fan. So I just love it. I love that right now. Well, it's nice being local. So you have an excuse to. Exactly. I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I I get to go to games and stuff. (laughs) Right. It's like I tell people all the time, so you're Diamondbacks fan? Uh, Only by way of being local. Yeah. And they're like, we're pretty good this year. So, yeah. And you're like, of that. I know. <laughs> I pay attention <laughs> professionally. <laughs> okay. The last sweep over the weekend was the Padres over the Rangers. This one I was aware of. And this one I did have to take a nap after. And this one did make me cry. And I so am confused. Um, Oh, that's all I have to say. It's like uh, <laughs> the West got a whole lot tighter this weekend. Uh huh. Yeah, it the AL West did. did because of that, and I am very excited. So, yeah, I'm. All right, curious Brad, why don't you hit us with a fantasy it. update and make my feelings feel bad for a minute, and then uh, okay, I'll get right over it. All right, let's start at the bottom like we always do. Not another fantasy team that is Jason, host of the Philly Baseball Together podcast, against Denise Grace under fire, host of the North Chicago Baseball Together podcast. Uh, Denise won this one five twelve to four forty seven. Her top score was none other than Cub sensation Cody Bellinger with seventy six points. 
Jason's top scorer was Josh Naylor with 75 points. Hmm. And then we have Burns Turner Overdrive. That's Tori. He's a co-host of the Philly Baseball Together podcast going up against John Harrisburg Charlies. Uh, Tori won this one 439 to 358. His top scorer was Christian Walker, who had a pretty good weekend. Um, still a little bit down for compared to what he usually has, but uh, he scored 62 points. And uh, John's top scorer was Jose Ramirez. Brig, you, uh, your team, Brigger Mortis, went up against Devastation Incorporated. That's Mike. He's our listener participant. Um, Brig, we're going to give you a pass because you're on vacation. You lost this one 507 to 347. You were the low scorer this week. Well, yeah. But your high score was Ty France, who had an okay weekend. I saw a couple of those games. That's still getting my voice back from that, in fact. Um, <laughs> but Mike's top score was Matt Olson with 80 points. Dude, Matt Olson. Okay. That dude is killing the ball this Dude's year. Amazing. He doesn't. The only reason he's not. I feel like the only reason he's not going to win MVP this year is because his teammate, Robert Acuna, is going to win it. Ronald yeah, Acuna. Yeah. Why do I say? Why do I say Robert? Anyway, Ronald Acuna is going to win. Maybe I'm getting tired too. Anyway, exhausted. Yes. So, so I went up against Jewel. He is Big League Chupacabras. He is my co-host for the Seattle Baseball Together podcast. And I changed my my team name because I lost three in a row. My team name is no longer Julio. Think you are. My team name is now the Yonkers Batsman. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I lost five eighty-eight to four thirty. My top performer was Pete Alonzo with eighty-one points, and Jules was Paul Goldschmidt with. 72 points. So Jewel improves to 13 and 3. I'm 5 and 11. Mike is 13 and 3. Brig, you're 5 and 11 as well. John is 1 and 15. Tori is 7 and 9. Jason is 9 and 7. And Denise is 11 and 5. There's a perfect distribution of records across this league right now. I don't think it's that perfect. Is, well, I don't either, but the numbers are perfect. The numbers work out real nice. (laughs) Crazy. All right, baseball family, before we take a quick break, we want to make sure that you are tracking one of the best ways to interact with us as a member of the Baseball Together family. We are now partnered with Versus Games. Every time we get on the show, we ask you, what do you think about something, how you feel about something, and now you can go on and interact with us and you get a chance to make money if you would like to do that. So um, we always po- we can we're posting polls and trivia questions and things like that. And if you're on the winning side of a poll or a trivia question, you can re- make real dollar bills. So play for free, or you can buy ticket bundles and play against other listeners and versus game users. Uh, you win more over- money doing that way. Yeah, you do. You do. So head over to btpod.onversus.com on your mobile browser and sign up to uh, play polls and trivia games. That's btpod.onversus.com. Sign up and play versus games with us. Welcome back, baseball family. So with the trade deadline today, this the day this episode comes out, we wanted to get through as much as we could about with with buyer sellers and obviously recap some of the moves and kind of do a little bit of analysis, if you will, as to what's going on, who's going where, and whether we think it's a good fit or not. But before we do that, let's take a quick look at the wild card standings of the division races as well. Your American League division leaders, you've got the you've got the Orioles are up in the division 
by several. I don't. Why don't they show this on here? That's weird. Um, there we go. They've got. They're up on the Rays by a game and a half. Amazing. And you've got the Twins up on the Guardians up on Cleveland's baseball team by half a game. This is all going into Monday. And then the Rangers and the, the Rangers are up on the Astros by a game. And then in the National League, your divisions, you've got the Braves up on the Marlins by almost a dozen. It's 11 and a half games right now. Yep. Just unreal. And then the Reds are on top of the NL Central right now by half a game. I think that that's was um, – I think that's actually current. I think that's updated already. And then it the is, Dodgers yes. are up on the Giants by two games as well. So those are your division leaders and by how much. Let's go look at the wild card. Um, the three holding wild card spots in the American League right now, you've got the Rays who are up four games. And then you've got the Astros and the Blue Jays are tied for the second and third spot. And then after that uh, – Filling in four and a half games, you've got the Red Sox, Yankees, Angels, and Mariners. And then you've got Cleveland, but honestly, I think if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win their division. I don't think they're going to be able to make up those six games in the wild card because it's going to get really, really close. The Mariners are going to have a hard enough time as it is with four and a half games. I don't think that the, yeah. I don't think Cleveland can make up six. And then over in the National League, you've got San Francisco is up one game. Then you've got the Marlins and the Brewers who are tied for the second and third spots. And then going back, I'm going to go ahead and include San Diego in this list, Brig, just because they're playing well right now. We've been waiting for them to click all season long, and I'm wondering if it's happened. If something happened over the weekend playing the Rangers, and this is the team we're going to see. I don't know. I'm not saying we are, but I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen. Mm. So between those five games, you've got the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, and the Padres uh, bringing it up bring up the rear five games. Then you've got the Mets at six and a half. I don't think be- they've gotten rid of enough guys in the last few days that I think they're selling. They're just going to continue to sing it from here on out. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, what's really interesting is that Oakland is 29 games back in the wild card. That's crazy. They're a lot. Kansas city's 27 games back. And then you get to a manageable 16 games back in the wild card in Chicago. Right. If mm-hmm. you look over at the National League, Colorado's at the bottom, and they're 15 games back. And then you move up to Washington, 12 games. St. Louis is only 10 games out of the wild card race. So yeah. the division of wins and losses between the American and National Leagues, just as evidenced by what the Braves are doing and then the rest of the league, it's just fascinating to me that the lowest performing team in the American League is 29 games out of the wild card race. And the lowest performing team in the National League, did I say the American League? I, I meant the American yeah, League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. I don't know. And then Colorado, lowest performers in the National League, 15 games back of the wild card. I think to me, that's fascinating. It's double between the two leagues at the lower end of the. Yeah. Well, and the Blue Jays are only the Blue Jays and Astros are only two games better than the Marlins and the Brewers is all right. Isn't that so So, interesting? Yeah. Yep. It really is. I mean, I think I think we're going to be a statistical analyzer or anything, but (laughs) it's crazy. It's so crazy. (laughs) Okay. Let's get into some of these deals that we saw over the weekend. Um, First, like the big one, the first, I guess the first big one we saw, and then the dominoes started to fall. David Robertson went to the Marlins from the Mets. 
And then Max Scherzer started questioning his faith after this. Says, I'm going to have to start talking to. Like, I saw this while I was at the Diamondbacks game, the Mariners and Diamondbacks game Friday night. Um, it was on TV several times, by the way. It was pretty neat to see myself. I went back and watched the game and I found myself a few times. But anyway. Nice. <laughs> but so I was looking at this while I was at the game and he's like, I'm going to have to talk to the front office. And first I was like, I was like, I don't think that means what you think it means. But it did because 24 hours later, he was gone. He went to yeah. the Rangers. He went to the Rangers. And Which I, think Rangers, I did predict a while ago, by the way. <laughs> you did. It's like they say, mm-hmm. uh, the stars can tell the future. They're just not very specific about their timing. <laughs> Harry Potter for anybody who knows. I love anyway, that. <laughs> um, but, but the timing for the Rangers was perfect, though, because they had to put Nathan Evaldi on the on the 15-day IL, I believe, with, um, with a forearm strain. Which is why Which, my fantasy team is suffering. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. Ah, there you go. So that's another big trade from the Mets. The Mets clearly selling have learned that you cannot buy World Series anymore. That's not how baseball works anymore. It's not the nineties. So, Sorry, Steve. Yep, that's right. Um, it's crazy. The Mets, the Padres, the Yankees, and um, who am I missing? I know the Rangers are in top five of payroll, but yeah. they've they've been a lot more strategic about it than I think these other teams have. I can't yeah. think of who the other the other team, the fourth team in the top. Oh, the Phillies, the Phillies, those four teams, oh, yeah, the the, the Phillies, the Mets, the Yankees, and the Padres, all are top five in payroll, and they're all out of the playoff picture right now. Yeah, so fascinating. It really is. It is. So more trades. The Dodgers got Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. From the White Sox, the White Sox got Trace Thompson, Nick Nestrini, and Jordan Leeser. They're just like, take them. Just take them. We don't want to get nothing from them, so just take them, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Garage sale them. Yeah. Um, the Joe the Kelly's Astros back. got back. Yeah, Joe Kelly's back in LA, which is where I feel like he belongs. It's He's a great fit there. I love him there. Yeah. 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 Houston Astros got Kendall Graveman back from the White Sox. For catcher Corey Lee, we talked about Max Scherzer, um, and then today, uh, what's today? Today's the thirty first. So yesterday, Sunday, there was just a flurry of activity. Oh, man. Jordan Hicks went from the Cardinals to the Blue Jays, um, and then we had Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton go to the Rangers. The Rangers just like we need pitching, so they went and got a bunch of pitching. So <laughs> we'll see, but they did they did well with it though. Um, the Braves got an infielder, Nikki Lopez from the Royals, a minor move. And it's, I feel like the Braves didn't really need to make moves. I think they were just kind of shoring up some depth, right? Totally. It's kind of like, eh, let's just be prepared. We talked yeah. about the Lucas Giolito deal with the, with the angels and the white Sox. Well, the angels did some more wheeling and dealing. They got CJ Crone and Randall Gritchuk from the Rockies. Um, great. I don't know those are, how those this are is going to work Great moves. It, it is. This is a good move. I feel like CJ Crone played for the Angels before. It didn't go great, right? Like I don't know if he's benefiting yeah, he, from the Rockies for being in Colorado or if he has improved that much as a player, right? I don't know like, either, but we are about to find out all the way. We are. He did drive in a run tonight, so there's that. Um, Gritchick okay. homered tonight as well. Um, it's interesting though to see with the Angels is that I was talking about this with Jewel over the weekend that like. 
all it's going to take for them to get Otani to come back, I feel like, is making the playoffs. They don't even have to win a game. They could lose in the wild card round. They could get blown out in two games in the wild card round. But if they get there, he's going back. I disagree. You disagree? Why is that? I think there needs to be a, a deeper push into the playoffs for him. I don't think he's happy there. I think he's good enough. I think he likes being the big fish in the small pond. I, who doesn't like that? Right. But I don't think that – I think he has his sights set really high. And even if the Angels do make a push into the playoffs, and it's if, if it's a shallow push into the playoffs, he'll see it for what it is and realize that uh, this might have been a one-off just to try to keep me around. This isn't cultural shift that the team really does need. And see, I think that it that he could see it as if they try, we'll get there. If they really mm. make a real concerted effort, we'll get there. And mm. me coming back and saying, I want to get to the playoffs. And maybe he won't sign a long-term deal. Maybe it'll be a few yeah. years of the player option at some point, right? But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't think it'll take much because he can be like, you have the capability of making a, of building a playoff team. Let's do it every year because we can, yeah. right? Yeah, he's not wrong. Because he's, he's playing wrong. like a man possessed and leading and, and carrying this oh. team with no Mike Trout, no Anthony Rendon, no Alec, Zach Neto, right? No, oh, like this Zach is Otani's team. Is heartbreaking. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's Otani carrying them and keeping them as, as contenders right now. Yeah, it's true. That's why yeah. I like the Crone and Grichik move. Grichik is great. I mean, he, especially with the issues they've had in their outfield over in Anaheim, it's this is a great move, especially Grichik. Yeah, I saw that. I was well, like, oh, with, shoot. <laughs> yeah, and and if, if you think about it with um, – what's their utility guy that played for the Yankees for a long time? Urshela, Gio Urshela. Urshela. He broke yeah. his hip, and they need depth. Uh, and some platooning capabilities. Um, I saw today that they have so. the Angels have more of their forty-man roster, uh, more money dedicated to their forty-man roster on on the injury side than they do on the playing side, on the active side. Oh, that they yes. don't have any more room on their forty-man roster. That they bring anybody else in or up, they've got to. They're going to have to remove somebody from the forty-man roster because they are chock full with injuries. Jeez, just terrible luck this year, as far as that goes. Yeah, but they're still hanging in they're there. They're still it's in nuts. it. Nuts. Right. Yeah. Nuts. It is nuts. Yep. Okay, today's deals, Monday's deals. Um, Aaron Savali, <laughs> the Rays got Aaron Savali from Cleveland for a pack of ramen noodles. Um, yeah. The Mariners dealt Paul Seawald to the Diamondbacks, which is crazy because I was going driving to the game on Friday, <laughs> and one of the local guys on the radio, he's like, he's like, don't be, he's like, I think that the Mariners, they're, he's like, I think the Diamondbacks are going to go after Paul we Paul Seawald specifically. I'm getting, I'm getting tired too, break, <laughs> but he's like, I think <laughs> the Diamondbacks are going to go after Paul Seawald specifically. I was like, dude, you're crazy. There's no way the Mariners aren't going to deal Seawald to the Diamondbacks. Turns out he's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the crazy thing about this is that the D-backs gave up Dominic Canzone. Who had a great Josh weekend, Rojas, by the way. <laughs> and Ryan Bliss. And I watched Canzone's first handful of games. I watched him get his first hit, stolen base, home run, the whole shebang in the last you know couple weeks or whatever. The dude is legit. 
He and is he legit. has so much fun, and he is a speed demon. And it is, I was like, oh, here we go, Arizona. They've got Carroll. They look at Canzone coming up. And then they just, I'm like, I'm all about Arizona making a push. I think it's fantastic. But I don't know why you got rid of Canzone. Make no sense. Yeah, so there were, you know, when you're at a game and you're, or even you're just watching your team, there are a few guys who come up and you go, oh, okay, let's see if we can get this guy out or at least minimize the damage. You know, nobody's on, hold him to a single, right? Canzone yeah. was one of those guys this weekend. It was Corbin Carroll, it was Cattell Marte, it was yeah. uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and it was Dominic Canzone because I saw him hit, I think he ripped a double into one into the gap and it was a smoke show, right? And I was yeah. like, and after that, I was like, watch out for this guy. And the fact that they yeah. traded for him today is like, that's a bat the Mariners need today. Absolutely today. And they so. will employ him today, and he will add so much depth to the next handful mm-hmm. of years for you guys. It's going to be a big, big deal. This yeah. is going to be a big deal. Might have the answer at DH because he DH for the Diamondbacks Friday and Saturday. And the Mariners totally. didn't really have a good answer at DH this year, and he could be it. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, or. One thing that's interesting too is that he could be potentially replacing uh, Teoscar Hernandez in right field because right. there are several teams interested in him right now. So he could be on the move in the next 12 hours. Dude, dude, based that on would our be current time. fantastic for Seattle. It would be because I saw that it, there were three teams the Blue Jays, the Giants, and somebody else came over the top of my head, but three teams were interested in, in Hernandez. So I was like, you get a bidding war, you can get back a pretty good haul for a guy like Hernandez, especially oh, yeah. the expiring contract. And so. you've already backfill in, have a backfill option with somebody who is producing now. Yep. And with exactly lots right. of club control. Yeah, that's great. Oh, big time. Lots and lots of club control. So I thought that was a great deal sending Seawall. It's a bummer. I like Seawall a lot, but it was terrific. The yeah, really came out on top in that deal. I felt like they did. So yeah. uh, another deal today: the Brewers got Mark Canna from the Mets. Um, the Cubs. So did you see that? Uh, Jamer, is it Jamer? I think it's Jamer. Candelario was uh, he wasn't in the lineup today, what did and I so tell he's you? sitting in the clubhouse eating. Yeah, he's at the clubhouse eating popcorn, waiting for a deal to get down or to get done. Yeah. And so he is a cub, and you were right. What did I tell you? Yeah, I knew they were, I knew he was going to get moved. I knew it. Yeah, and I'm sad that they did because here we go. Further evidence that Washington is still in dump it off mode, and I don't like that. But, right. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy that they have a guy this good, and they're not like, let's build around him. Instead, no, they're just like, let's stupid. steal him because we can because it's that oh, time of year. So sad. Yeah. Anyway, and then uh, AJ Pollock and utility man Mark Mathias front went from the Mariners to the Giants for a player yeah. to be named later or cash or ramen noodles. I don't know, probably just ramen noodles. And then uh, <laughs> pogs, it'll be a set of pogs in the, the pogs. Sleeve. You're more, yeah, you're right, yeah. a sleeve of pogs yeah. with one and... slammer, maybe, <laughs> maybe a slammer. Um, the Reds got left-handed pitcher Sam Mole in international cap space from the Mariners for Joe Boyle. Uh, that's not the deal I wanted to see the Mariners make with the Reds. Um, uh, no. I wanted to see Jonathan India come over and be a Mariner. Um, the Cubs got Jose Quas from the Royals, and the D-backs got Jace Peterson for Chad Padrick from 
the uh, A's. So those are deals up to this moment. It is currently 9.30 Pacific time. Um, that's what we've seen. So, Brig, based on what we've seen, we've got buyers and sellers. What's your favorite deal so far? We talked a lot about that deal for the Mariners. I don't think that's necessarily going to put the Mariners over the top this year, but it puts no, them in a good spot for next year, which is what Jerry DePoto said that he's going to try yes. to do. Um, obviously, the Mets are selling, right? Big no. time. No. Selling. They're not selling. They're dumping, and players are jumping <laughs> ship. And well, by the way – Justin Verlander, too, now has – questioned his faith right of course he has and when he moved i was like no no don't do it this is no are you kidding me and why not go back to detroit if you're gonna go anywhere go back to detroit i was so mad for him and look i told you i'm doing the i told you so dance um yep. anyway I, let me just go ahead and mention that david robertson is a national treasure so if you're not tracking that information yet, you ought to be. And we've been—I've been saying that for almost five years because it's a—it's a fact. That dude has seen it all. He's done almost everything. He is an incredible rock of a human being in a clubhouse. He's a terrific relief pitcher. He is a capable teammate, leader, etc. Anybody who wants a contending arm or an arm as a contending bullpen guy wants david robertson and that's what the marlins need big time i know big time I know. so, so uh, anyway dude's yeah. a national treasure yeah i, I love, love that, that deal for miami because i want to see what happens the only thing that would have been better is if robertson had ended up in texas that to get oh, and so if he'd have ended so up so glad texas, that didn't happen <laughs> i know just Spin on this for a minute. Robertson gets traded to Texas for whatever, doesn't matter what. Same ripple effect through the clubhouse. Scherzer goes and follows him. Oh, dude. <laughs> I don't, that's, so this is the thing though. Like, like you say, ripple effect. I don't think Scherzer goes to Texas though, if that happens. I th I don't think the, the Rangers have the trade pieces to get Scherzer at that point. I think maybe Scherzer ends up going to Miami. But I don't know if he would waive his no trade clause for that. I don't think no. Do Scherzer is going to go where he's wanted and where he's he's possible. It's possible to get a to really go deep into the playoffs, and he made the right choice. Going to Texas was yeah a hundred percent the place for him to be. Yep, for which sure. I called. Absolutely. So I also told you so. That's fabulous. You did, yeah. Feeling super that might be your there. best call of the year. Mm, might be because yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. I thought they had one more year for sure, at the very least, because I was really worried about their pitching, which, you know, obviously has been an issue. But yeah, they're they got a great GM down there, Chris Young. He knows what he's doing for sure. He knows what he's doing. He is working so. it hard. Yeah, but baseball family, let us know what you think about some of these deals, what we've seen at the trade deadline, and what we will see at the like at the deadline as well. Yeah, um, twelve hours. I or was. So. I was certain we were going to see Juan Soto moved, but I think with the sweep this weekend, I think the Padres have got some fire in their bellies, and they're going to – I think they're going to try to go for it. They're going to try to make they're a run. Gonna, I don't think you're going to sell anybody. They're going to burn out, though. It's not going to work. Oh, most likely, yeah. but It's not going to work. I don't think they're going to trade anybody away by the deadline. So, 
Mm. Uh, but hop in the mailbag. Let us know what you think or in the comments on YouTube. If you're on while you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you don't miss a thing. You can give the show a ton of support more than you know. And another way you yeah. can support the show as well is you can hop on Patreon.com. There's a link down in the description of everything we do on YouTube and audio. You can go to Patreon. You can check out our five tiers of support. $1, $5, $10, $15, and a whopping $500 of support every month. Everything comes with its own perks and prizes and swag. Everybody gets a sticker, and everybody gets the bullpen cut. The bullpen cut is the yeah. unedited version. There was some conversation between segments today that you're probably going to want to hear because Brig is exhausted, and I'm headed <laughs> that direction myself. So, <laughs> Baseball family, don't forget to jump on ChinookCedary.com. Use code BTPOD for 10% off what are literally the best seeds ever in the history of my mouth. I've never had a better tasting sunflower seed. I've never had a better experience ever. And I was a fanboy disciple of a different brand and a different flavor exclusively for a really long time. And I kid you not, the Chinook seeds, they really are the best. They're the best. Um, we did Truly. a giveaway during the home run derby. We did a couple of giveaways actually, um, and they've gone over really well. People are very excited to get them. We're going to do another giveaway soon. Um, I just decided that for us, Brad. So we're going to do another <laughs> giveaway soon. It's going to be it's going to be fabulous, um, and we'll figure out what that means or why. But ChinookCedary.com code BTPod for ten percent off, and then we also have an affiliate with Seed Sack where you can go in and support the podcast as well. The perfect, uh, the sample size, the little pocket size package of Chinook seeds. You tear that open, you dump the whole thing into a seed sack, and they are a one-for-one size swap. They fit perfectly with one another. So toss that in your back pocket or in your gym bag or whatever in the center console of your vehicle. And don't fall asleep at the wheel because you got the seeds in your mouth. That's how I do it. That's how I do it too. I do that so I don't fall asleep at the wheel while I'm working at my desk as well. But <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> but baseball family, thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you Thursday night. Mm-hmm.